Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lisa H., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Today is February the 8th, 2023, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we're reading from the big book, and we're in the chapter How It Works on page 59. We'll be reading and commenting on the ninth and 10th steps beginning made direct amends to ending promptly admitted it. Today's readers, and thank you for your service this Wednesday, Emily T. for the 12 Steps, Joanne L. for the 12 Traditions, readers Vanessa G., Nancy P., and Rena L. Our newcomer greeter is Reba P., and our second-hour host is Marie M. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, February 7th, 2023, For the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, it's 19,936. That's 19936. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, it's 19,938. That's 19938. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Emily T. to please read the 12 steps. Hi, this is Emily T. in Chicago. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
thanks for the opportunity to do service. Thank you, Emily P. And I will now ask Joanne L. to please read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, Lisa H. Thank you very much for your service, and good morning to everybody on the phone. I am Joanne L. from Rhode Island and recovered in Rhode Island. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Least problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Joanne L. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book in the chapter How It Works on page 59, beginning with the ninth step made direct amends continuing through the 10th step that ends promptly admitted it. 
And I will ask Vanessa G. to please begin reading. Hi, everybody. My name is Vanessa G. I'm recovered in New Mexico. This is step nine. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. And this is step 10. Continue to take personal inventory. And when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Um, you know, there's a commonality in these two steps for me, and um, or actually two commonalities. One is that they both require um, amends. They, they both require uh, for me to actually take some action, to actually act differently, to um, become a different person. And, um, and the second commonality is, is that that's impossible for me. If I could have, I would have. And, um, and I just can't. And so as a result of that, um, these are my any length steps. These are where I balk. These are where I reach my turning point, both of them. Um, it doesn't matter whether it's the smallest step, step 10 or the biggest step nine. Um, I just can't do it. And, um, and it's always been that way for me. This is really where I, um, the rubber hits the road for me. Um, you know, I, and, and I think part of it is, is that I really have to face who I am, really have to um, actually um, know who I am at this point. And not only am I, you know, dishonest, petty, mean, you know, manipulative, you know, self-seeking, um, self, you know, selfish. You know, the biggest thing is, is that I've been self-reliant. And um, and joining with a higher power for the first time in really going out and um, mending my relationships, mending my ways um, in this, you know, whatever particular error, um, error has been brought to my attention changes me. It changes me into a person who um, is no longer self-reliant. Um, to a person who um, suddenly and quickly um, finds herself doing things differently. And when I do that first step, you know, that first little different action or that big different action, um, I grow up. I become less fearful. Um, I am a more mature and, um, and a person that I like you know, a person of integrity. Um, I've never found, you know, it possible to do these, you know, the amends in these steps without the protection and care of a higher power. It's where I um, find my God. It, I come out of the end of, you know, the other end of these steps in partnership and relationship. You know, Bill W. calls it his newfound friend. Um Hi. Thank you for um, letting me share. This is, um, these are the healing steps for me. And um, I appreciate the opportunity to let you know. Thank you, Vanessa G, for getting us started. And although we value your experience, we do ask that you limit your shares to every third day 
in order that others might share their experience too. So if you've shared on any of the vision meetings on Monday or Tuesday, we ask you to hold back. And who would like to share on what was read this morning? Rivka R in Baltimore. Nancy P. Riff. Rivka, maybe? Nancy P. Julie E. B. Julie B. UK. Liz. Anyone else? Lynn S. Lynn S. Martha O. in Vancouver. Martha. Abby D. Abby. Okay, let's stop with Abby. Okay. Um, You you all may have to remind me of the uh, first initial of your last name. I have Rivka, Nancy P., Barbara E., Julie E.B., Liz E., Lynn S., Martha O., and Abby D. Rivka, please share with us. Did I get that wrong? Rivka, no? Okay. Nancy P., are you available? I am. Thank you so so much. Sorry, I couldn't unmute. Oh. Oh. I have sorry. trouble unmuting. I'm sorry. Okay, good morning, everyone. It's, it's Rivka R. from Baltimore, and um, gratefully recovered convulsive overeater. Thank you so much for your service and, and the lead share. Um, I, I, someone had asked a question yesterday about, you know, why steps six and seven were, were separate, and I, I got to thinking that, you know, it's the same reason why eight and nine are separate, um, that there's a tremendous power when we become entirely ready to do something or to, um, like it says in the sixth step, or become willing, like it says in the eighth step. Um, and we need, I, I, at least I, I need those steps to become entirely ready and, and become willing so that I can take the action in the next steps. And the seventh, to humbly ask him to remove my shortcomings. And in the ninth, to make direct amends. And I was thinking that just that, you know, when I think on some of my tremendously uh, um, miraculous ninth steps, that the that power of becoming willing along with God's will is 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 beyond anything that I could possibly imagine. I I just wanted to share one truly miraculous ninth step where um, a, a woman had dropped out of my life because she felt I had slighted her, um, and it was time before you know before I had a cell phone. And she lived in a different country, and she moved in that country, and I had no clue how to get, how to get through to her. And she, I always regretted not being able to, you know, to make amends to her. And to, um, and it, it, nine years passed by, and and I didn't. And one day I just said, you know, God, the one thing I really regret is not being able to co- connect with this person and make amends to them. Two weeks later, by that time I did have a cell phone, but I still I didn't you know didn't know how to, where she was at all. Two weeks later, I get a um, a WhatsApp fr- from my daughter-in-law that this person had actually contacted her. She didn't even know my daughter-in-law. What happened was her three-year-old, my daughter-in-law's three-year-old, was playing with her cell phone, and accidentally, because he didn't know what he was doing, sent a WhatsApp to a WhatsApp group that this woman was on that my daughter-in-law happened to also be on, and it showed up on my this woman's, you know, WhatsApp uh, group thing, 
and um, with a, the icon of my daughter-in-law and her last name, which is obviously the same as my last name, and the icon was of, you know, at that point she had two little boys, and one of them looked just like my son, who this woman knew when he was that, that age. And this woman contacted my daughter-in-law and said, do you happen to, you know, you, to know, you know, Rivka R., um, because your son looks just like her son, and you have the same last name. She said, yes, that's my mother-in-law. And so my daughter-in-law contacted me. I now had this person's WhatsApp. I called her. We both burst out crying. And the healing that happened was so incredibly powerful. And all was due to really my my willingness at that point to make that, to, to become willing to, to make that right. connection. And anyway, it's just so powerful when the two come together that I just wanted to share that. So thanks for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Rivka R. And Nancy P., you're up, followed by Barbara E. Hi, good morning. Nancy P., recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. Um, Making direct amends isn't where I start on this um, journey, luckily for me. Um, I've spent all this time up to step nine um, building the skill set that begins with step four. I feel like I went off. Did I go off? Nope, we're good. We can hear you. Oh, now I can't hear you. Sorry. I'm sorry. I I felt like my phone had shut off. Sorry. So anyway, so I built this skill set that that is step four through nine. That's what I was told. It's the skill set. So building the skill set is part of perfecting and enlarging my spiritual life. The doctor's opinion in the second letter talks about masterly detail and the details that they're talking about are the articulation of the steps. And I've now mastered the details listed in the skill set skill set up until step nine. And now I'm finishing the job. I can start the final act of my healing beginning with step nine and, and um, finishing with step 12. And all these steps are preparing me to work step 12. And it's not like riding a bike, something that I could not do for 20 years and still be able to jump right on and, start right up again. If I don't do this stuff every single day, 365 days a year, I'm going to fall off and I'll have to clean up all the debris that will result from not staying in good fit spiritual shape. Um, and then I'd have to start again with the surrender part, which I'd rather drink blood and eat glass than do that again. Um, you know, I talk to a lot of people who have left and come back again and again and again, and I've done that um, many times, and I'm not interested in that anymore. So the more I practice, the sharper the skill set gets and the payoff is this unbelievable life that I have. I've built a skill set over these steps and I continue to sharpen my skills daily every day. And that's before any of the nine step promises come true, which by the way, every single promise listed in step nine has come true for me, bigger and better than anything I could have designed myself. Freedom from the obsession and everything else falling into place like dominoes. I don't worry about hurting other people too much, but I used to wonder if I'd ever not hurt others, which I still can occasionally do. And in making things right, I don't make decisions alone. I always work with other people. I always seek counsel from people who I respect, as it tells me to do in step four. And by the way, making direct amends to those I've harmed wasn't hard, not compared to surrendering. Surrendering was the only really hard thing I've ever done. Um, You know, before years ago, I'd read the steps and and my mindset was, no way, it's not going to happen. Then I'd read them in fake recovery mode and my mindset was, not now, but not never. And I lived like that for a long time. But when I really had no choice, when my back was really up against it, then I was at the door of the plane and I flung myself out. No parachute. I would have rather died than go on as I was. 
time. And I'll just wrap up. Step 10 is the nail in the coffin. Um, as a compulsive overreader, I don't suffer well. And when I take self out, all of a sudden my life has purpose and my resentments and fears die on the vine and I'm free. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. Perfect timing. Barbara E., you're up, followed by Julie E.B. Good morning, everyone. Sorry for my phlegmy <laughs> throat, but I really, really love this stuff. I was afraid of doing my amends. I was absolutely frightened to death. I worked with my sponsor to make sure I was going to do it perfectly as as I was instructed to do. And some of the amends I thought I had to make, she said I shouldn't. Um, I couldn't go to someone say and say, oh, I'm so sorry I gossiped about you, because then that would be hurtful to her. So I have to say that with the help of my sponsor, I learned so much about myself. I was always about me, full of, full of selfish, self-demanding, self-relying, hiding myself behind masks, never authentic, never wanting to admit I was wrong, and certainly unwilling to humbly go to someone or some institution to honestly say what I did that was wrong and what I was prepared to do to repair the harm. I was always sitting on my pity pot. Oh, woe is me. Always bemoaning my past and frightened of the future. Not realizing today is a gift. That's why they call it the present. The only kind of self today that is important for me is self-awareness, self-compassion, and giving of myself. I heard on a meeting, and I've incorporated it into my way of thinking. It helps me to think of myself as a faucet, and my higher power is the water flowing through me. If my faucet is turned on, it will flow through me and give me clear guidelines of how to live and how to speak just for this day. But sometimes my faucet is turned down or off, and then I go back to my defect and humbly pray to my, to my faucet to turn my faucet on so I can be peaceful and trusting that the water will begin to flow through me again and to me. And I will be the person that God wanted me to be because we are all children of God and God or higher power or beauty or whatever you want to call it doesn't make junk. Thank you so much, everyone, for this meeting. You inspire me. Thank you, Barbara E. And Julie E.B., you're up, followed by Liz E. Hi, this is Julie E.B., gratefully recovered in Colorado Springs, uh, Colorado. And I noticed that I celebrated um, six years of absence yesterday and five years recovered in I'm just so uh, grateful because it's one day at a time. And um, this amend step was was for me. Um, it was like the completion uh, and is um, like the next step in my spiritual journey. You know, first uh, God shows me my powerlessness and I learned my need for my higher power. Um, and then in, in the fourth and 
fifth step, I, I learned what that relationship is all about um, with myself, and I swallow large chunks of truth about myself. But when I get here to step nine, um, and I put down on paper um, uh, short, short words about um, myself um, in relation to other people, I was advised to start with because I learned. For example, because I learned for me that God is more gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Therefore, um, that I deeply regret, blank, 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 because this is the person, the ideal um, that now I want to have shining through me. Moving forward, I will. So I'm putting in concrete action what it means to live with a more gracious higher power um, in the world. And uh, I went through these uh, pretty fast, took me about two weeks, and I had quite a few. And in every case, I found that my higher power had gone before me. In every case, um, I met at one place where I had been taking soda. The person's like, oh, yeah, I've been working the 12 steps for years. Another place uh, where I had stolen something. Uh, someone said, oh, my dad's an, uh, a sponsor in 12 Step," And one of the biggest uh, at a big retail store, big box store, the, the girl looked 17 or 18. She started crying. She had been trained, I guess, how to accept amends by the company. All she did, she cried. She said, I just wish my brother could get to this step um, because uh, he's lost in his addiction. And um, and so it was amazing. And, and one of them, I mean, I, I lost it. I uh, was not emotionally sober. I had to go back the next day. I thought they might call security. They wouldn't tell me how much uh, one of my kids owed. And uh, I had to make an amends for an amends. My counselor said I changed more in two weeks than I had in the two years I had spent with him previously. Because, again, it's this continuation of the process and the promise that I can swallow and face large chunks of, himself, of myself. And uh, I could see in the world that I was flawed um, and that I was also loved. The other line I love that we'll be talking about upcoming is uh, says he saw that he had to place the outcome in God's hands or he'd soon start drinking again and all would be lost anyway. And that's a motto for my life today, a reminder I send to my phone, to place the outcome in God's hands or all is already lost. All I can do is... is, is uh, take my spiritual, de- what it calls my spiritual demonstration, put it on paper, not sure if I'm going to do it directly or not, uh, lean towards doing it directly, and, and put the outcome. There's no bad amends. Even the ones that didn't go the way I thought, I had done my spiritual demonstration, and the outcome was out of my hands. Thanks for letting me share. As for 10 steps. I heard Don C. share on this line in vision about chronic illness, and he said after decades. He still did five to seven a day, and that really affected my recovery and changed the way I can continue to change. Um, And my periods of growth are all marked by many 10 steps, including sex conduct inventory harms, uh, which I I think is underused. Thanks for letting me share, and I'll pass. Thank you, Julie E.B. And Liz E., you're up, followed by Lynn S. 
Good morning. Uh, my name is Liz E in the UK, um, and I am a compulsive overeater, having recently relapsed. I really don't really want to share today at all, so I want to encourage anybody out there who doesn't want to press star one, just do it. Um, and I really don't know what I'm going to share, so I've been praying to God to give me some words. Um, so making direct amends, uh, I find this difficult. Um, the thing that I'm kind of really fixated with today is rumination and um, ruminating over and over and over again. And I've wandered so much time today. It's half past 12 for me here in the UK. And um, this I, I know I have to surrender, surrender, surrender. It is the only ticket to freedom that I have got. And um, I have to, you know, the noise of the rumination in my head is just so, so loud today. Um, and, you know, a fellow recommended that I tried fasting from these thoughts. Um, and so, yes. Yeah. I'm feeling very discombobulated today, so I'm going to leave it there. Thanks a million for everyone's service. Bye. Thank you, Liz E. And Lynn S., you're up, followed by Martha O. Good morning. This is Lynn S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, Canada. It struck me this morning as soon as I heard Step 9 being read and I remembered the amends I had made to my mom. And of course, I, I had to make them three times because the first time I made it, it was in the glow of, I'm in program and I need to make amends, so sit down and listen to me. And, you know, I'm really sorry for what I did. And how'd that go over? Like an eager little puppy jumping up and down, probably causing havoc all over the place, but thinking I was doing it. I remember the second time I made amends to my mom. And although, you know, I kind of wanted to in my mind, I wanted to and I knew I had to, I made them. But, you know, my heart wasn't open. My sense of duty was and my sense of I really want to do this, but my heart wasn't open. So I made amends a third time and my heart was open. And I sat there and I was able to really connect with my mom and make those amends and basically saying, you know, when you said this, I heard that. It was all me. It was my skewed perception. And of course, my mom being horrified saying, I never meant that. And I said, I know you didn't, but I heard it that way. And I thought that was the end of my amends story until about 20 minutes ago. And then I realized the real end of the amends was when my mom was in the hospital, eight years with dementia, and I was visiting her. And I walked in the room and she said, she looked at me and she said, Oh, Lynn, I'm so glad to see you. I just about dropped. It was my mom and my mom's voice. And we had the best conversation, which really was only three sentences. Was I a good mom? Yes, mom, you were. 
but wasn't I mean? And any other time in the world, I would have started, well, at five, you did this. And when I was eight, you said that. And of course, there was the time when I was 10. And what came out of my mind and my heart, and I sincerely meant it, was, no, you were the best mummy in the world. That was my last conversation with my mom. That was the gift that God gave me. And I just realized, wasn't that a tremendous amends? Wasn't that something? I will never, ever forget that moment. I am so grateful to God and to this amazing program that transforms me and brings these miracles into my life. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lynn S. And Martha O., you're up, followed by Abby D. Hi, good morning, everyone. This is Martha O. in Vancouver, Canada. And thank you for these beautiful shares. I'm sitting here in tears on my kitchen table. It's just I, everything I wanted to say sort of vanished out of my head after I heard the last share because I'm really struggling with the living amends I was trying to make to my mother and just really keep falling down on because the resentment comes back. And I just, this just reminded me so much everything I've heard today that this, these two steps, just the continuous, continuous admitting of wrongs and trying to clean up day by day, like just the same way I tidy up the kitchen at, at night before going to bed. And then the big amends, those terrifying phone calls I've had to make and the just really, truly facing some of the stuff I've done and the, the willingness to like sit and listen to when I do the, you know, is there anything else that I should know part of it? what other other things I've done that are harmful that I didn't even know about. And I just, to me, I guess to anybody that's struggling or, or putting these off or scared of taking on this step, like nothing has changed my life so profoundly as as this process and the just some of the, the calls and conversations I've had that I just did not, would not have believed I had the courage um, or the strength to, to do. And I I think that comes directly from God. And like everybody has been sharing, there's such a ripple effect. It's not, these are, this act comes through God, through us. And then it has this profound effect in the world. Like, I think what I just heard is going to change my relationship with my mother. And then some of the amends I've made, I I had something similar to in in a Whole Foods where I had to go and pay back like $250 worth of food that I used based on what I used to eat, just strolling around the store. And I had this conversation with a manager who, when I explained what it was, he didn't even, he'd never heard of it, like why I was doing this and what the money was for. He was, he just started crying. And he said, like, the store doesn't need your money. Can you just take that and give it to someone who's hungry? And he said, I really, you're giving me so much hope that there is hope for my two nephews who can't stop using drugs. And this is a beautiful thing that you're doing. And thank you for telling me about it. And that type of effect, it goes outward and outward and outward from our acts all over the world. And I hope that everybody who might be hesitating will stay. Thank you. Thank you, Martha O. And Abby D, please share with us. Hi, good morning, everyone. My name is Abby D. I'm recovered in Michigan today and grateful to be here. And um, I looked up, thank you for the 
prayers. Um, I looked up the word amend, and it means to make minor changes in order to make it fairer, more accurate, or more up-to-date. And, like, I can be stewing on something and think I need to make a tenth, like, do a tenth step, and this actually just happened to me where, you know, I think I need to do a tenth step, and, you know, I'm ruminating on this thing that's kind of, like, continuous, even if I've done tenth steps on it before. And sometimes when I do make amends in terms of making minor changes, those things go away. So, for example, like, I'm a teacher and some things in the classroom, like resentment that certain kids um, was coming up. And then I thought about, you know, making minor changes. Like maybe I could be more positive or, um, you know, build them up in certain ways and I can, you know, change this and change that. I started getting like different ideas of how I can, you know, change my behavior and, then the resentment lifts and turns to love. And um, and it says, you know, make minor changes in order to make it fairer, like to make life more fair or more accurate or more up-to-date. So, like, life changes. And as I go through and do inventories and and get to the, like, get really to the bottom of my own inventories, um life I need to change to life to make it more up to date. Like relationships change, situations change and as I make amends I learn how to live differently. And um I'm thinking more in terms of like changing my own behavior rather than like going directly to someone. Like this is a change that happens within me and it frees up resentment too. So like, no, it's not a direct tenth step, but sometimes when I change my own behavior, the resentment is lifted because I have a new perspective and my resentment turns to love instead. So that's what I have to share today. And um, I hope everyone has a good day and I pass. Thank you, Abby D. And we um, have read and are sharing on steps 9 and 10 on page 59. Who else would like to share this morning? Joanne. I think I heard Vasa. Leia S. Leia. Loretta A. Linda. Loretta. Reva. Linda. Hang on. I think that may be all I can Mm -hmm. take. Okay. Um, let me tell you who I have. Um, I have Joe, and you'll have to tell me the first initial of your last name. Joanne Vasa, Leia S, Loretta H, I think, Reva P, Linda D, and Pete B. So let's start with Joanne, followed by Vasa. I think I heard Joanne. That one. Good morning. I'm sorry. I'm talking away here. Um, My name is Joanne, and I am from Rhode Island, Joanne L., and I'm recovered. And I just love these two steps. First of all, 
we just read step nine made direct amends to such people <clears throat> wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. But before I did step nine, I had to do step 10, I mean step eight. And the step eight, I had to make a list of all the persons I had harmed, and I had to become willing to make amends to them all. Well, when I got to step nine, now I had to make direct amends. And that meant to go to these people, you know, not just to say it over the phone and um, not just to call and say, well, you know, I just want to say I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, that's the thing that I have learned about program. You know, to say I'm sorry over and over and over, that just means that I'm going to continue with the behavior. But when I say I made direct amends, amends means I'm putting an end to my behavior. And that's what I wanted to do by the time I got to this step. The first amend I made was to my mother and my father, and it was such a gift from God. Oh, it was the biggest gift ever. And I called them on the phone because I live in Rhode Island, and they all live in Massachusetts. And um, I said, you know, Mom, I said, I'd like to come home. There was something I'd have to tell you. And I think that her and my father thought that I was going to tell them that I was getting married. <laughs> But that didn't happen. I'm still single 68 years later. So I did. I went home, and um, I sat down with them. This was one of the hottest amends I have ever done in my life, but yet it was the best amends. I had to ask them for forgiveness. They knew that when I was young and I was living with them that I was doing drugs and I was drinking and I was smoking, and I was just, I, I was just so out of control. And um, they knew because they found some of my drugs, and um, and I blamed it on my nephews. And I will never forget that as long as I live, because this was so hard to do was to face them and to admit my wrongs and what I did. But you know what? They sat there, the both of them. They were so loving and kind, and they just listened. You know, they didn't know what to say, but they just loved me unconditionally. And there is two principles that go with step nine and ten. And the principle to step nine um, is love. And the principle to step ten is perseverance. So this means that after I made my amends, now I have to continue to take personal inventory on a daily basis. This is the maintenance step. I have to maintain all these steps that I just went through. I have to maintain them because if I don't, I'm sure, I'm sure to go back, you know, to drinking, eating, smoking, whatever the heck I was doing. And, um, and so these steps are all in order for a reason. And I, I have heard it here on this line, you know, steps one to three, steps one, two, and three, we made right with God. Steps four, five, six, and seven, we make right with ourselves. Steps eight and nine, we make right with others. In steps 10, 11, and 12, we make right with God, ourselves, and others. And I'll Time. end with thank you. I pass. Thank you, Joanne L. And Vasa O, you're up, followed by Leah S. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, calling from Florida. And yes, I remember thinking about step nine when I was probably on step four, you know, and. Uh, I was very overwhelmed about 
you know, making a list of all persons we had and became willing to make amends to them all. And my sponsor said, well, Vasa, you're not even there yet, so why worry about it, you know? She said, when when you come to that place, if you work the steps before 8 and 9, God is going to get you right, get there. And I needed to trust and believe in my sponsor and just to get it out of my mind and go to meetings where they worked the steps and how they did it. And I would have never been able to do it without my sponsor. I needed somebody to show me how to do it. And I'm so, so grateful for that. And, yes, uh, I, you know, I, I made a list of all persons and I am. I put them on an index card, and, uh, and I put all the people's names. And, and I needed to go to my sponsor and go over the index cards with the names, where they lived, their addresses, telephone numbers, and, you know, brother, sister, father, mother, whoever, you know. And then we went together with my sponsor, and she said, well, you don't have to make a amends for this. You don't have to make amends for that. For half of the people, I didn't even have to make any amends because a lot of it was in my head. I didn't hurt them. It was just my ill-thought feelings, you know. But number one, you know, of course, at the beginning was, well, they hurt me. That's why I hurt them back, you know. He says, no, you make amends for the hurt, for the you've made to the people and that's what I needed to do and um, number one was the father and the mother of course I lived with them for many many years and things come up as children you know they hurt me and I hurt them too you know and then um, um, my mom had passed on before I came to recovery my father passed on 15 years later and I've made amends to my dad, and we became real close. And when my father was dying, you know, I was holding his hand and told him how much I loved him and everything else. The only re- I've done my amends, my amends up to this point, you know, today. The only, my daughter is, you know, I've made, now she's dealing what I was dealing with 37 years ago with the father and the mother, you know. So she's holding grudges, what happened when she was, Three and a half year old, her brother was born, and all the attention is going to go to him. So she resented me and hated me and her brother since then, you know. So, and she's 54 years old. But I love her. I understand where she's coming from, and I hope and pray that she's doing what I'm doing. And my kids and my husband know from the beginning what I've been doing. So I just hope and pray. Bye. I've made them, thank you, I'll wrap it up. I've made amends to her. But nights between her and God. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O and Leah F. You're up, followed by Loretta H. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. My name is Leah S. and happily recovered in Brooklyn, New York. So one of the things that these steps taught me and gave me a real powerful lesson is about vulnerability um, and uh, surrender. And not everything that I know and I thought I know or see, not everything is that way. And I keep on learning about that all the time. And in making amends, um, it really taught me that, that I really want, what is the reason I came into this program? Was 
Well, number one, I wanted to lose weight. I didn't want to be so fat. Number two, there was an uneasiness in, within me all the time. Irritability all the time. And you know what? When I started to do step nine, it started to feel so much better. And I didn't understand that irritability and that uneasiness left me. It it just didn't. And then when I came up upon against the situation again of the behaviors that I used to do and I used to snap and I used to like, oh, without any patience or anything, I used to think to myself, well, what am I learning here? Start to practice. How would it be if you would just have a little bit more patience and it would pay off? And it did. And it did. So every step leads me into the next step that's going to come. And um, it's just uh, it's just marvelous. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Leah S. And Loretta H., you're up, followed by Reba P. Good morning, all. I just am so grateful for all of you and the shares and my precious God who is saving my life today along with you and these shares. This, These two steps, it was shared that um, love and perseverance are the um, principles and the um, tradition is structure and neutrality. Those are the principles. And then the concepts are ability and clarity. And this is where I feel the, the structure of the steps, the steps, the traditions, and the concepts have brought me to how I work this program. And as I shared, um, my father died in 2000, and I did not show up for his death. Uh, I was in the food very, very severely, and I just could not show up. It took me 10 years to actually, and that was because of the structure of this program and because of doing the steps, to actually have his ashes brought down to North Carolina so I could have a military funeral for him. It was one of the most rewarding, healing days of my life. I was very, very ashamed of both my parents. They did not speak good English. They were um, immigrants. They had gone through several wars. And I could never see that until I worked my steps and saw what Renaissance people they were. And today, I cherish them. I have no um, regrets. I have none because I was able to make my amends. It wasn't, um, it was an actual physical amend. I actually went to my mother's grave and wrote a letter on it in Cap Moon Bay and a deer crossed crossed the path. But the only reason I was able to bring that about was because of the clarity I get from this program and the ability, that willingness, which is the concept. And today, because of 10, I continue, continue four times in that um, paragraph, to do these living amends and correct things promptly 
because that is why I eat or do any of the addictions I have. And I'm so, so grateful today because I have this program, this structure, this love, this perseverance that brings me to a point where the hole in my soul is filled, but it also gives me a just a beautiful life with abundance, and I can um, find God's face in you and within me. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Loretta H. And Reva P., you're up, and you'll be our last share for the day. And Linda D. and Pete B., I hope you'll stay around for the second hour. Reva P., please share with us. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. You know, we're talking about amends and change. I didn't come here to change. I didn't come here for being a new person, a new way of life. But that's what happens. You know, I put the food down and this program saves my life by helping me put the food down. But then it shows me how to live my life. And you know, at the beginning, the whole amends thing was like, tick, 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 did that one. Um, And then later on, it becomes where it drops down to my heart, where my behavior becomes so objectionable I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person with the demands um, and being angry at people. And God shows me through the inventory process how to see people and my circumstances in a whole different light, 180 degrees opposite. And I get to be the daughter that God would have me be and show up for my mother. I have absolutely no regrets as she was dying I was there as much as I could be there. We had wonderful God moments together. I get to be the parent God would have me be. Um, I get to be the wife. And, you know, it's so much harder with the people who are closest to me. But it's this living amends and changing, changing from the inside out, changing my mind, changing my thoughts, my speech, and my behavior. And it is the hardest thing. You know, in a way, putting down the food was hard, but change does not come easily to me. And I'm so grateful that God raises the threshold. I don't have to be in as much pain, do as much damage. I don't want to be that person. God transforms us. And I think the step nine sort of solidifies that transformation process where I start behaving like a different person. And there is such freedom You know, after I do an amends, I just did an amends with my son yesterday. The freedom that comes from being clean and being that different person is just indescribable. So I didn't come here for this, but that is where like the biggest promises after step nine. I know there's promises after every step, but making those changes, having the courage to change, it's awesome on the other side. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P., And thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Wednesday, February the 8th, 2023, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 19,944. That's 19944. We will now close with a reading from the big book, on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. 
And Nancy P., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, this is Nancy P. again, recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the spirit. Oh, sorry. We'll, we shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Mm-hmm.